Hi, my name is Christine, and I'm your host for the Bytonal Podcast. Ding! Thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode. We are currently week 7 or 8 into quarantine, depending on when you guys started self-isolation. The only major update from my end is that we officially finished our last set of exams as third-year chiropractic students. Clap, 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 clap. Pound in the back to all of my peers and classmates. Uh, We were supposed to start clinic on Tuesday, May the 12th, precisely when this episode is dropping, Um, but as of right now, it's May 5th when I'm recording this. It seems that everything is very much still up in the air, so to be determined like a lot of things. But anywho, I don't want to go into that. So for episode 9, I invited Vanessa Bankeri onto the podcast. I have been following her page on Instagram for quite a while now, and I always knew I wanted to learn a little bit more about her and what she's doing. She is the founder and director of Your Mind Matters, a nonprofit organization that focuses on youth mental health awareness, education, and support. Um, I highly recommend you check out her Instagram page because she puts out some really beautiful graphics and messages on there and you'll know what I mean when you go on her page. Um, my, My first impression of Vanessa was that she was an open book and a very forthright kind of speaker and mental health advocate. We talked a little bit about her organization, Your Mind Matters, as well as her experiences with bipolar disorder and uh, essentially how it was a very long time coming until she got the correct diagnosis. She brought up this uh, really good point about the mask of anger and how sometimes it is secondary to depression as opposed to, um, you know, stereotypically we think about depression and sadness as one thing. A lot of times it can manifest as anger or irritation, um, something I don't think a lot of people really talk about. So I, anyway, I don't want to give too much of it away. Mm, what else? What else? I also discovered that she is also from the outskirts of Toronto so that was kind of neat that she was a local like me um yeah overall man it was evident that her and I are kind of the same species to an extent so thank you Vanessa for your candor and all the great work that you do so without further ado here's your episode with Vanessa So before we get into the episode, I thought it would be beneficial for you guys to know uh, the formal definition of what bipolar disorder is, just because there's many misconceptions and myths in the media and in the public. There's been times where in the past I've used the word bipolar to describe somebody as, as if it's an adjective, but once I learned the more diagnostic and formal definition of what it was, I was a little bit more cognizant about the language that I used. Uh, So I pulled some facts from the National Institute of Mental Health. So what is bipolar disorder? It is a chronic or episodic mental disorder. It causes fluctuations in mood, energy, activity, concentration, and focus. Um, I believe the old terms for it was manic depressive disorder or manic depression. 
And it seems the onset usually begins in late adolescence, so your teenage years or early adulthood. But there are cases when bipolar disorder can occur in children. As for signs and symptoms, um, it can vary depending on the individual, and I think Vanessa and I can attest for that. Um, Some people experience more manic episodes, some people experience more depressive episodes, and some people have something called mixed, which is what it sounds like, both of them. Um, In terms of the duration of the symptoms, it can vary between a couple days, weeks, Uh, and severity of the symptoms can also vary as well. Um, And off the website here, symptoms of a manic episode include feeling very up, high, elated, um, irritability is one of the symptoms, racing thoughts, decreased need for sleep, talking fast, excessive appetite for food, drinking, sex, feeling like you're unusually important, talented, or powerful. In terms of symptoms of a depressive episode, which is considered the opposite of mania, uh, it includes symptoms of feeling very down, sad, or anxious, trouble with concentration and decision-making, trouble with sleep. Um, This includes uh, hyposomnia or hypersomnia, so sleeping too much or too little, Um, feeling a general feeling of lack of Uh, Sorry, no, uh, a lack of interest in activities. And finally, feeling hopeless, worthless, or thinking about death or suicide. And that's kind of just the stereotypical uh, signs and symptoms of it. Um, With regards to types, there's different types. So there's bipolar disorder 1, bipolar disorder 2, cyclothymic disorder, which is the one that I have, cyclothymia. And there's another type called other... Um, other specified or unspecified bipolar and related disorders. That seems like a very broad category, but uh, anyway, this was just kind of like a preface. And as a disclaimer, I'm not a doctor. This is not a medical podcast. If you guys are experiencing these signs and symptoms, I would highly recommend you go talk to your medical doctor about it or a mental health professional and ask for some advice and recommendations. Okay, on to the episode. Hi everyone, today I have Vanessa Bancari here with me. Vanessa, did I say your name right that time? Yeah, you nailed it. Yeah, so uh, as I've learned, the CH is more of a K, so that's a fun fact from Vanessa. So you are the, I want to say owner, or rather the the, uh, creator of the Your Mind Matters Instagram page and everything associated with it. Um, I came across all your content one day when I was scrolling through the explore page on Instagram and I just couldn't help. Love that. Yeah, dude, I I was like, okay, this is really, first of all, the graphics are on point. Um, It's easy to share in terms of like, Mm -hmm. um, I immediately saved and repost a bunch of them on my story and I actually forwarded one to my friend on on DM and stuff. And, I love that so much. And I was like, crap, this is amazing. So um, that's that's how I kind of came across your content. But I'm just going to stop rambling and I just want to ask how you're doing today. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm doing all right today. Um, 
feel like that's always been kind of the customary answer I've been giving. Like, oh yeah, I'm all right. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. You know, it's a weird, it's a weird time. It's a weird situation. But I have to say, mm-hmm. um, I think like I'm, you know, managing decently well. Yeah. When I think about like how I maybe thought I would have handled this situation, I would assume that I would have done like a much worse job mm-hmm. dealing with it. Yeah. So when I look at like how I'm actually coping, I'm, I guess a little bit impressed with myself. I'm not going to complain. Yeah. Um, it's tough. Like there's, there's shitty days, there's shitty times, but I don't know. Today I'm all right. I got a, got a good amount of sleep. There you go. I um, had like a few minutes of actually being able to focus and being a little bit creative. Yeah. So I got some more like content ideas out and stuff. So that's always, you know, a good, yeah, of course. decent sign. And now I'm here doing this, which I love podcasts, love talking, love the sound of my own voice. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty good right now. Not bad. Yeah, like, like, yeah, so like I was saying, like, you know, um, earlier before we hit record, it's like, yeah, podcasts are fun, dude. It's really fun. And um, you're, I guess we're the same species in the sense that we both like our own voice. So um, this is kind of good because yeah. we're just going to keep talking until the end of time. And then we're I mean, yeah, that's literally the premise of podcasts, like people that like their own voice and yeah. think everything they say is super important, which is, I relate to that. So you do realize that's <laughs> also perfect. quite narcissistic and NPD is very real, but that's a whole nother tangent. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, no, definitely have those tendencies, but, um, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure that what we're saying is decent. Yeah, no, so. your egocentrism is why you're here and why you're a content creator, I think. So um and -hmm. while you're creative so any anywho back to the matters um Vanessa may you please tell the podcast a little bit about your mind matters and again did you start off on Instagram like I want to know like the whole nines of it like uh when did you start it how did you start it what made you start it like what's the origin story there that's such a Canadian polite way of asking, like, may you please tell me? Like, I've never, never heard that interview style, but it's very sweet. All right. So basically, Year My Matter started when I was in university. I went to U of T, University of Toronto. And um, in my third year, I kind of decided that I wanted to, you know, take on more of like a mental health advocacy role and, and try to do like some work. In the, in the U of T community to sort of help mental health. Um, I obviously, I struggled with my own mental health since I was like in high school, maybe even earlier. University, as I'm sure so many people can relate, was like an especially tough time and really like exacerbated or brought out a lot of, you know, the shitty sort of symptoms that we experience when we do have a mental illness. And, you know, being at U of T, U of T has this reputation of like oh, everyone's... Yeah miserable and depressed and cutthroat competitive all that and they're not fully wrong Mm -hmm. um I didn't just notice like just the overall mental health of its students was not good Mm -hmm. and it was just I don't know I can't think of a better word but to say like just bad vibes all around like it just wasn't a good you know time and especially you know during midterms like you just people aren't sleeping, they're not taking care of themselves, like you're not eating properly. And that really has a negative impact on not just your body, but your mind as well. Right. So, you know, I was in third year, and I was kind of like, okay, I want to do something about it. Like, I want to like, first of all, I wasn't having like the best experience at school, like I was kind of just Mm -hmm. 
focusing on my classes and that was it. And I, I was like, you know, I want to sort of make the best of the experience and, and do something and have some sort of impact. Mm-hmm. So I started actually like a, a student group on campus. It was just like a student run club. Yeah. And it was right from the beginning, it was called Year My Matters. Wow. Yeah, um, okay. It was, yeah, it was inspired by, you know, like the Bell Let's Talk initiatives mm-hmm. that we have here. Um, yeah. So that, you know, every year gets a lot of traction, a lot of a lot of support from from people all over yeah. uh, Canada. And so I was kind of like, you know, Bellet's Talk is one day, like I want to make this a thing that's all the time because mental health like doesn't just affect people on like the third Wednesday of January <laughs> or like whenever they run Bellet's Talk. Yeah. It's like, it's a, it's a 365 day a year thing. So I started this group. Um, in my fourth year, it actually was like an official team um got like the positions and we did like some you know community events on campus where we kind of just shared resources and stuff like that Mm -hmm. specific to U of T students uh then as I was graduating I had what I will call my first quarter life crisis and I think I'm still in one come on but this was the beginning fourth year fourth year is a hot mess for everyone right so oh god it's an absolute disaster and I I I don't know how I survived it so anyway I went through that you know, typical fourth year, like, what the hell am I going to do with my life? Like, so, you know, when I looked back, I thought like, you're my matters was like one of the highlights. And I was like, you know, I want to continue this. Like, this is what I really want to do. Like, you know, I studied neuroscience. So my degree was, I guess, somewhat related. Yeah, of course. But I knew like, I'm like, I didn't want to go like the medical route. Mm. I also was wise and realistic enough to know that I didn't have the capacity to go that route Mm -hmm. like I wasn't going to get into med school Mm -hmm. so I was like what can I do like from you know my level with my perspective and so I was like okay I want to make this a thing so you know I turned it into a nonprofit organization and it's always been an Instagram so I had the Instagram from U of T did like a whole rebranding thing after I graduated and kind of really like started developing the type of content that you see now and then ever since like I've expanded it so I've done some like school presentations which are amazing I love doing that so Mm -hmm. much um so I'll go to like local elementary schools high schools and give presentations on different topics I've done workshops I've gone back to U of T for a bunch of workshops um and yeah so it's obviously like the hub of it is in the social media content and Mm -hmm. stuff but um I try to do a lot of outreach in the community with like schools and and stuff like that, even like work workshops and like workplaces and stuff. And then obviously in the future, just looking to expand that. Yeah, of course. Um, And yeah, that was like a really long answer. Dude, no. Very much rambling. You can tell how much I love to talk. No, because if you're not rambling, I would be rambling. So I'd rather you ramble (laughs) because my listeners are probably sick and tired of me. So they want to switch it up, right? So um yeah I, I, I didn't know I didn't know the origin story was at U of T um mm-hmm. I'm telling you now a lot of my friends went to U of T um a lot of my GTA yeah. friends ended up going there <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's nuts like everyone like I remember the first year my friend was at U of T she did um she did commerce and she was like it's a vibe like it's sad it's sad around here it's sucking yeah. my life away and like I never knew the vibe until like one day I went downtown because we was it was it Robarts the library? Yeah, I just got goosebumps when you said that. Name. I know you. Yeah, horrible you had memories. flashbacks, eh? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, beautiful place, sad vibes. So I walked into Robart. Oh, it's super ugly. It's so hey, ugly. Hey, it know, it's big. Hey, McMaster, I went to Mac, and the libraries were cute, but it wasn't like old Hogwartsy kind of, you know, ancient yeah. vibe. Um, so I remember like, whoa, this is so cool. And my friends like, can you smell the tears and the fear in this building? And I'm like, mm, yeah, I feel that. And like legit, I turned over and one girl looked like she was going to cry. And then her friend beside her looked like she was going to oh, yeah. cry. So um, um, on like Max campus, like we were really good with advocating for mental health. Like, throughout my four years there, That's awesome. like, they've had, like, campaigns. Like, there was a really good conversation at MAC around mental health. And I didn't realize until awesome. I stepped out of MAC that that wasn't necessarily the case, I find. Um, so oh, the yeah. fact that you took that upon yourself and you're like, we need we need some representation. We need some, like, support around here. And you kind of did, you know, went, went your way and created Your Mind Matters. Like, that's really cool. And I didn't know, I didn't know you did a lot of outreach. I didn't know that was a thing. Considering you're part of a campus and then you, you said you got involved with like events and stuff. Like that's super cool. And um, yeah. uh, yeah. Did a few, did a few. No, no. I mean like that's good stuff. And like, are you like, did, I assume you started off as like a one man band, right? And you still are to a degree a one man band. Are you a one man band? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, like, also super humble. That was a joke. I'm not. Um, yeah, no, no, like, I, I basically, like, do everything myself. Yeah. Um, so you were, you were, like... I've had, I've had support. Yeah, but. you were, like, Harry Styles of One Direction. Like, everyone was just kind of, you know, secretly just... We, we know Harry was the glue of the band, right? So... Yeah, like, yeah. Or, like, you know, the, the Justin Timberlake of... Yes, exactly. Of NSYNC, you know, yeah. like for the 90s the 90s babies. yeah exactly wow. um yeah yeah so like i i know just like like being i, I was never like i don't want to say a social media influencer but like i can't imagine how much work that is just running it running the show by yourself too so pat on the back for you for doing that um thank you i wanted to ask a little bit more about like the content that you do because the best way i can describe it to our listeners with regards to like what your posts are a lot of it's like um text graphics and color that's the best way i can do it um you said you studied neuroscience so like where did you get like your creativity like how did you (laughs) what like what was there like how do you go about creating things I don't know honestly so I always say this like if I had a do-over like I would probably go back and study like graphic design or something um I always had an interest in it like even like you know in elementary school high school when you would have projects I would always just like care a lot about making them like super creative I remember when I was in grade I think seven or eight I used to make my notes like on Microsoft Word so I used to like type my notes and I used to try to like design them like and I would have like titles <laughs> and like had, like subtitles and, and they would be like the colors to represent like the matching textbook that mm. I like. I don't know. It was like super messed mm. up and intricate, but I was always super into just like design. And I've always been like decent with computers in terms of, you know, just learning things on my own, like learning how to use like the like Adobe softwares yeah. and all that stuff. Um. 
so yeah I don't know it's just something I've always been interested in I never really made it like my main thing but it's always been like the side thing that I was passionate about and I loved you know developing the whole brand for your my matters with like you know like all the colors the colors to it the logo all that stuff like I have so much fun like not just researching like the content of the posts but like how I'm going to design it and format it it's it's honestly just something that I've always been passionate about and so I kind of just teach myself but yeah I never I never studied it like academically but I kind of wish I did and sometimes I still like look at courses online and stuff. Hey I I wouldn't say it's too late like just like you know one of these days like maybe go back. Yeah no it's on the table for sure. Do it like and and at this point in life like it's all about upgrading your skills and stuff and investing in yourself so if you ever want to go do that that. do it up so um yeah because as an outsider looking in I was like do they does this person or this organization have like a designated uh, I want to say that not oh wow, my god what's that called yeah graphic designer a graphic designer I'm like wow what a compliment yeah Thank you. I'm just boosting you here so like you know I was no, like yo like, this is cute you're hyping me up yeah and like I'm not gonna okay, I'm, I'm not gonna overhype you it's not like Vanessa like no it's just drawing. enough it's just enough keep going keep no going. like you know I'm just saying like it's not like you're like hand drawing like she's not an artist y'all but like I mean like yeah. kind of putting the aesthetic together is like what it, it, it just there's uniformity to it and there's, there's like a simplicity and like the colors are popping and it really like brings those adjectives thank yeah you. i know can i write your brochure or something please, your LinkedIn. Please. um yeah so i was like this is super cute i like this and um and th- that really caught my eye and i think that's one of the reasons why like i think you're gonna be you're gonna be really successful because like i know it takes me like my attention spans zero so the fact that like i'm <laughs> tempted to like click to your page is already like en- enough so um yeah I just, what a compliment my head is getting so big yeah now. get some neck yeah get some neck pain and I'll help you out with that okay um and uh thank you thank you though. no it's no I mean like seriously like you, you do a good job with it and, and like I said I know no, how yeah, much I know good. how much work it is so you, you just got to keep doing that um yeah. and I'm an artist what can you say yeah <laughs> I'm a neuroscientist artist so Barely a neuroscientist. Uh, yeah, it's like um, I need a neuroscientist. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually a joke I would use. A really, lot, but... eh? um, yeah. So, and I, I do like how like everything kind of comes together. I, I again, uh, that's that's really cool that you studied neuroscience. So, it's it's yeah. not like you like missed the mark. Like you're still doing brain stuff now. It's just another mm-hmm. avenue of that. So, and the fact that you were able to recognize like this is what I'm actually passionate about. I'm not passionate about cutting up brains. I'm more of an advocate for yeah. brains. So that's really cool. Um, um, yeah. But yeah, like like this is something we pre-discussed, obviously. But like, so you know, you're at U of T. You're struggling a little bit. You're having these little midlife just a bit, just, just a, a bit. bit. It wasn't really that big of a deal. Yeah, no, like not 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 a crisis. It's just a mini. No, 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 no It's no. like a mini storm that never ended. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was, it was just like a little little shower, a yeah, little just bit of rain, like a little mist. Um, no, it was a full blown tsunami. Yeah, hurricane vibes. Um, anyway, so like, um, I because I I relate to that so much. Like, when did mm-hmm. you? Okay, speaking from like a student to a student, like when did you realize that you had like a noticeable decline in your mental health? Was it just like? 
was it like a slow process or like did you realize did you wake up one day and you're like crap i'm just really sad and miserable like what was the what was the origin there <laughs> no i love that question and it's always like it's weird because because hindsight's you know it's, they say it's 2020 but it's also there's gaps like i i can easily say like oh like this was how it happened but i actually don't really remember because i wasn't as aware mm-hmm. as i am now back then but honestly, it started for me before university. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say like in high school, like within the first couple years of high school. Um, and the first symptom for me was anger. That was like a big, big thing I dealt with where I was like, just like I'm becoming like a very angry person. Mm. Um, I was just very like miserable on the outside which is like so shitty to say but it's the truth like I was just I still am sometimes just like a miserable person like I just like I hated everyone I hated everything I I couldn't be bothered with you know people or doing things or whatever and I was just like a really I was coming across as a very negative person and I think it got it escalated to a point where I was I, I literally had like anger management problems like I was having difficulty you know coping with my anger and expressing it in like a you know a healthy way mm-hmm. um and I would just take out my anger you know in a lot of like unhealthy ways I remember like mm. this is like so messed up but I'm just like I'm like super open I'm like such an open mm-hmm. book that I don't mind sharing mm-hmm. the depths of my struggles but I would like literally like punch walls like punch holes in walls mm. for like how angry I would get yeah. and then obviously that was such like an outward display of I'm gonna say like a cry for help in a sense because looking back it was definitely a cry for help mm. Um, right away, you know, my family was kind of like, they were obviously concerned. They were like, you need to see a therapist. So the first thing was like, it was for anger management. The reason I was going to therapy at the beginning, yeah. this was, I was about, I'm going to say 15 okay. years old, 16, maybe. Yeah. Um, and you know, in these therapy sessions, we're talking and, you know, talking about like a lot of the anger and my therapist, my first therapist I had was trying to like uncover that. And she was like, yeah, like, this is depression. Like, you're just, like, sad, but you're expressing it as anger because yeah. this is the most interesting thing to this day that I've ever, like, most interesting concept I've ever learned is that, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard for us to express sadness in a way that labels it as sadness. And it's so much easier to put on that mask of anger. Yeah. And anger is, like, a secondary emotion. You're, you're feeling sad, but you're expressing it as anger. So to others, it just looks like anger, but really it's it's sadness with a mask on, you know? Yeah. So that was the beginning. Um, just me like dealing with that, with sort of like the anger stuff, trying to deal with like my inner thoughts, you know? I did a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy mm-hmm. or CBT. So that was a lot of like reframing my thoughts and looking at my core beliefs, like the things that I hold really deeply that I think about myself or about others or about the world yeah. and trying to sort of reframe those in like I guess a healthier or more balanced way mm-hmm. um and then yeah over time my symptoms changed you know anxiety came in the mix I was always I'm gonna say like baseline a little bit more anxious than average okay. and baseline a little bit more sad than average yeah. but obviously there's been times which that's been like um amplified even more you know I'd go through like depressive episodes yeah um yeah that was that was the beginning that was the beginning of the story mm-hmm. I mean, I could go on forever, but you asked for the beginning. So that's the beginning. Yeah. And like, (laughs) yeah, like, like very, very similar to me too. Cause like, 
Uh, like it wasn't until, cause you know, when you're like 15, like you don't know what the hell's happening. Like, like, oh yeah. And, and, and people think it's like hormones. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. And not to bring gender into this, but I mean, like you're, you're a young female, like <laughs> it's like, oh, she's just yeah. being a teenager. She's being mellow. Yeah, no, like dramatic. I had this moody label. Like I had this yeah. label of like, you're just moody. Yeah. And like growing up, like I did music obviously. So everyone's like, oh, just, she's just a moody musician or like, you know, like this kind of <laughs> yeah. like to herself kind of thing. Like, um, I loved what you said about like how anger is secondary to sadness. I think people think it's the other way around or like there's like a direct relationship, but I do think like um, anger is definitely a coping mechanism kind of thing. Um, yeah. So like I, I kind of wanted to ask like were you like if you were to take it back like one more chapter like how were you growing up like did you have like a relatively normal childhood or like um I don't know okay I know I laughed but like I want to say yeah right. like it was on the outside it was decently normal I think a lot of the things that now I'm looking back and saying like oh I wish this were different I wish that were different mm-hmm. I didn't realize at the time so Growing up, I guess, like, the way I was seen was I was very, before the anger stuff, I was, like, just very, you know, talkative, outgoing, just very out there. Like, I ha- I always had a, I always had a personality. I was just, right. uh, I don't know how people would have described me, but I was very, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but, you spirited? know, I just, mm, yeah, okay, that's a good word, spirited um just like like a think of like a I'm thinking of like a cartoon character you know just like everything was like fucking extra or something Mm. like I was very when I was happy I was very happy when I was sad I was very sad like very like extreme okay that's that's actually more along the line where I was going and that's gonna I guess foreshadow like my future and current diagnosis but yeah I was always very like one extreme or the other I lacked that sense of balance mm-hmm. um and I was never just like average or in the middle I was always weighing to one extreme right. um and it was interesting because some of what now I know is symptoms of mania or hypomania mm-hmm. which comes from bipolar which I didn't mention yet but that's kind of where I was heading yeah. um is you know you have a really high or inflated sense of um, your self-esteem, grandiose, uh, all these ideas, racing thoughts, your mind's going really, really fast. You want to do all these tasks and then you don't finish them. Yeah. It was interesting because that was always present. Like I think even as a kid, like I was always like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be a doctor. I actually wanted to be a brain surgeon for so long. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be a brain surgeon. I'm like, I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to go to Harvard I went through this one phase where I was like I'm gonna go to Harvard and this other phase I was like I'm gonna be president like and and I I meant president like not prime minister of Canada I wanted to be president of the United States oh that's that's controversial but yeah okay yeah (laughs) yeah no I'm not going into that at all right now I'm just gonna pretend that never happened but stay on the side (laughs) yeah basically um yeah I just I just had all these you know big ideas that on the outside just seem really you know out there Mm -hmm. and so so I guess that was that was my childhood yeah. um so st- I'm trying to walk started, this line and not like it started pretty young overshare. for you 
Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, what I would say is the signs were there from a young age, mm. looking back. But I think it, it took some time to realize when it was problematic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think at the beginning, like a lot of those symptoms or whatever mm-hmm. could have been written off very easily. No one realized it was problematic. Yeah. And that's, and that, um, I think it took until about high school yeah, so, to say like, okay, something's up. Yeah. Cause th- that's the thing, right? Like everyone, everyone exhibits like traits and like symptoms per se, but it's not really a problem until it is a problem I find. And yeah. I assume like later in high school, like undergrad, especially when you have all these stressors on you and like circumstances change, that's when like all these underlying problems like become salient and becomes like at the forefront and is problematic to your day to day. Like what you said about like mania and, the, and like kind of like the lows and the highs. Uh, I was diagnosed with, um, I'm on a spectrum of bipolar disorder. So like um, psychiatrist yeah. told me that uh, it's something called cyclothymia. So on mm-hmm. one end, like the bottom end of it is major depressive disorder, and the other end of it is uh, bipolar disorder. So I'm like in the middle. Mm-hmm. I think the the differentiating thing is like um, in my manic states, I'm a little bit more hypomanic. Like it's not like full blown yeah. mania. And like what you said about like your brain racing, you feeling like you're the biggest piece of cheese in the world. Like I fully relate mm-hmm. to that. And um, and like. Uh, I I haven't really talked too much with my therapist about it, but like, I totally agree. It's like little instances growing up. I think like, you know, I was a very spirited and happy child. And then some, at some point things got muted. And, but then I would kind of, (laughs) but but I was always like the shithead trouble, you know, kind of the, the deviant Oh, okay, everything. Yeah, the biggest yeah, piece of shithead. I also don't know if this is the case for you, yeah. but I had what looked on the outside like ADHD, like to the max. Really? Eh? I was not diagnosed, but uh, no, see, I seemed. Yeah, I, I, I'm. Like I was raised in an Asian household, so I was very like mm-hmm. muted, and I was very like, um, I like I, 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 there, I wouldn't be like bouncing off the walls because that was unacceptable. Got it. Um, yeah, but like I think one of the reasons why, like I went up and down a lot was because like I would want to be myself I wanted to be outgoing I wanted to be brave and do all of these things but then like whether it's internal Mm -hmm. suppressants or external suppressants told me that I had to be mute and I had to be calm I had to be studious I had to be not creative you know what I mean like so like like like, you you Mm want to be yourself which is already like a high point because as a child you're already you know everything's good for the most part I think I truly think like life teaches you to go down if that makes sense um and I th- that's what I think so there yeah. was like a rocky up and down thing like some days I felt like I could be I could be myself and be creative and you know do the things that I want and talk back to people and then other days I feel like I can't and then of course you, you, when you're not portraying who you are and like your true self you get really sad about it so I don't really know like if I were to grab at straws I think that could be it and it wasn't until undergrad that I noticed it yeah. Um, and it comes up, like, I wasn't having, like, uncontrollable sex with people off the street, but, like, yeah, there'd be times, like, where I'm a little bit less cautious, generally across the board, Mm -hmm. whether if it was with, like, you know, substances and, 
you know what I'm saying? Like that kind of thing. And like, yeah. I just probably fucked around. I, I fucked around too much, you know? So, and like, I was just inconsistent with everything, I think. And, um, and yeah, that inconsistency thing is really big. I feel that a lot. Yeah. And uh, pe- people think it's just like inconsistency in mood, but it's also inconsistency in like your cognition. Like my sense of self would be all over the place. Like some days, yeah. super confident. Some days, I think I'm a plastic bag. So it's a lot of um, mm-hmm. highs and lows with that. So I assume you relate to that too. So, Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, like how, like were, when did you start noticing like the lows? Like when did you get diagnosed with bipolar disorder? I wasn't diagnosed with bipolar disorder until um So, okay, like I don't know if you consider this recent, but it was about a year and a half ago. And it was weird because it was almost like I spent years before that waiting for that point where I was going to be diagnosed with it because you know I had an awareness I studied this stuff in school like I I read like the DSM like the diagnostic you know manual that that psychiatrist reads like I read it and I I identified with you know all the symptoms bipolar and it, it made sense to me and so yeah I had gone to psychiatrists in the past sort of bringing up my concern of like I think I have bipolar disorder and a lot of them you know shut it down and they're like no they're like you have like some mood thing going on but I don't think it's bipolar or whatever mm-hmm. so I just felt very like you know invalidated over time mm-hmm. um because I just knew something was up and you know I was I was diagnosed with, by my doctor by multiple doctors with you know depression and anxiety yeah. and it fit for me but I knew it wasn't the whole picture mm-hmm. and so it was interesting. This is something I kind of bring up a lot when I, t- when I talk back about like my diagnosis story, but yeah. I mentioned that I was like very moody growing up and stuff. And a lot of people, you know, would say like, you're so bipolar. Like <laughs> obviously they were saying it like, you know, in like an adjective sort of way, yeah. but it was interesting because I really internalized that. Mm-hmm. And I knew for myself that there was a very good chance I actually had bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. And so it was obviously kind of, you know, I guess hurtful in a sense, when people would say that without they were saying it in like a pointing their fingers and like you know name calling or blaming me or something like that and less in like a we're concerned about you and think you might actually have a mental disorder Mm -hmm. type of way so that would bug me but it was interesting because I was like okay other people see it or they see that mood instability Mm -hmm. I did my research I think that that's what I'm going through Mm -hmm. so it was kind of tough that it took a while to get there but I, I remember the day actually I was diagnosed. I ended up going to CAMH. CAMH, um, yeah. Yeah, which, so I went there, like I went to their emergency department because I was just, you know, in a really, really bad place. And I knew I needed help right away. I couldn't wait on any more wait lists or anything like that. Yeah. And the help I got there was amazing. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like I can't recommend them enough. Yeah. And so, you know, I got seen by psychiatrist very shortly after. Mm-hmm. Um, within a couple weeks I had you know my full assessment and I was diagnosed Mm -hmm. and I started my medication for bipolar disorder so I started a mood stabilizer I take lithium yeah I still take it every day Um, and it was such I remember that day still uh, so clearly and I remember the sense of relief I felt like I remember you know my parents and my friend that I told were like how do you feel like are you scared like are you like really sad and down about it Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, I'm like, I saw this coming my entire life. And I feel so relieved and happy to have gotten this label, I guess, because the thing about labels is 
I don't see it as like a, oh, I'm going to judge this person using this label. But when it comes to mental illness, it's like the label just validates that what you're going through is a mental disorder. It's not your fault. It's not like a character flaw or anything. And most importantly, when you get that label, then you get the right treatment. You know what I mean? Because it's like, okay, this is what you have. This is what you're dealing with. Now take this medication, do this kind of therapy Mm -hmm. and start to feel better. And so it was like a really big turning point for me when when I was diagnosed. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I was thankful for that experience. And I mean, I'm not going to lie, like it hasn't been perfect ever since I've struggled so much in the past like year and a half, but but the, you know, the medications helped and, and really, really did sort of stabilize things for me yeah. and, you know, prevent it from escalating any further. Yeah. So I guess that was, that was a good thing. That was the kind of like a, a break point in all of this. Yeah. And I think the fact that you felt relief from it is like, I mean, like, I, I do kind of resonate with that too, because uh, you started therapy like pretty early on, like earlier than I did. Like, I literally saw a psychiatrist, yeah. like, I want to say, like, last fall. Like, it was pretty, like, it was pretty, okay. really, really recent. And I better late than never. Yeah. And another thing is, like, I, I don't know if you have, like, subconscious stigma with things it, it kind of sounds. Oh, a hundred. Okay. So, stigma? Yeah. So, so the whole, like, um, I felt relief because I, and like you probably felt it too. It's like I had, I felt relief because all of a sudden this wasn't like a character flaw. It wasn't. Oh my God. Yes. It wasn't like representative of my capacity to be a, to be a normal human being or like, you know, it's like, it's mm-hmm. like, it was really big relief to, to realize like, Hey, some of these things are outside of my control and there's a reason for it. And the, yes. the validation itself because I remember walking out of I remember walking out of the psychiatry the psychiatrist's office and um she kind of told me the same thing too she's like hey buddy like before you go I want you to know like I, I know you know this but like um don't get too caught up on the label of it and like how mm-hmm. her and I talked about it was like the label is what you use to recommend the best therapy for what you're experiencing. Like end of the day, these diagnoses are just a collection of symptoms, right? Like when someone has high blood pressure, we label it as high blood pressure, then give them high blood pressure medications. And that's the treatment. That's the intervention, right? So she's like, don't get too caught up on it. And I literally told her, I'm like, dude, I saw this coming. I'm not going to start like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I think she was afraid that mm-hmm. the diagnosis would like be too like stamped on my back forever, and like I'll carry it with me in a negative way. Like, if anything, I felt a lot more yeah. relief and self awareness. And the biggest thing, you probably feel it too. Like, um, the biggest thing, the difference now between me now and me in the fall was that is that now I have control. I have a lot more control and like when things start happening when I feel myself slipping up a little bit I'm like "Mm, this is the whole this is the whole dance again I'm better than this or like I I know now you know yeah no self-awareness is a really big thing that comes out of it it's it's just empowering to like learn more about yourself what makes you a certain way what helps what doesn't yeah it helps you build resilience right and that's I think for me the most important thing exactly and um 
but with uh, one of the podcast episodes before this one, I talked to my friend Chandler. Um, she's also in the chiropractic college with me and, uh, she started on, uh, antidepressants. She's off of it now, which is really, really awesome. Um, but she got on antidepressants and she was like, Ooh, man, the transition and there were certain side effects coming off of it was kind of rough for her too. Sometimes, um, like, what did you like? with your journey with medication like you said you're still taking it now but like what did you have side effects like what did you notice first of all yeah so um that's a good question i think it's interesting because i because i wish i heard people talk about this more before i started um my first medication was an antidepressant so i took antidepressants and it was like a pretty smooth transition yeah i didn't have the worst side effects Mm. Um, and it helped. The problem is when you have bipolar disorder and you take antidepressants, they make your mania a lot worse. Yeah. So when you have undiagnosed bipolar disorder, antidepressants aren't a good idea. Yeah. You're going to trigger, you know, manic episodes or hypomania. Yeah. And so, you know, taking antidepressants kind of got me to those states where I was experiencing mania and hypomania. And then I had to go off of those. Um, I switched antidepressants, so I took a different kind of antidepressant, um, and it was okay because I had gone from, like, one slowly weaned off, and then I started taking another one slowly, so my body didn't have too much time, like, without any antidepressants, but then when I started taking lithium, for a long time, I took lithium and the second antidepressant. Mm -hmm. I found that antidepressant wasn't helping, so I went off of that. Going off of that antidepressant was the worst. It was mm. the hardest part. Like it was worse than going on yeah. it, um, because not only do you feel like the mental effects, but physically, like my body, it was it was such a nightmare for my body, and so yeah. I hated that, that experience so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually, like it was honestly like a good month or so of feeling like those those sort of like physical side effects. Yeah. And I hated it. And I was like, honestly, if I ever go on an antidepressant again, like I need to make sure that it is the right one and that it's worth mm-hmm. it. Cause going off of it is, is such a, such a bitch. Like yeah. it's so bad. Yeah. And I think that's, what- and then, yeah. Oh, so go ahead. Go ahead. No, ever since that, I've basically, I've just been on lithium on its own and apparently going off lithium isn't too bad, but it's, it's to be honest, something I think I'm going to be taking for pretty much the rest of my life because it, it's working right like it's doing an okay job like why why would I stop taking it like I I don't need to, to open up that can of worms mm-hmm. right and um that's that's the biggest thing um with medications itself uh I think it's the reason why people are scared to go off and it's a scary reason the side effects are the reason why like people don't want to go on it and Mm -hmm. Even like before, like um, the psychiatrist was like, yeah, you know, psychotherapy, of course, is like the primary intervention. Um, uh, Because, right. So I didn't tell you this, but like I was also diagnosed with borderline personality disorder Um, for mood disorders. Mood disorders, like you know know better than I do, like it responds pretty well to medications or medications like on the table. Yeah. Yeah. But for like personality disorders, they pretty much don't really respond to medications um there's co- this mm-hmm. comorbidity between like personality disorders and like mood disorders and stuff but like oh, yeah. generally speaking like the primary recommendation i got was like talk therapy so i was like cool 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 um 
Have you ever done DBT? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of going through it now. Yeah, like not officially. Amazing. Um, but yeah, it. like DBT is like the brother of CBT. And the best way mm-hmm. I can describe the difference is like cognitive behavioral therapy is more like, again, cognition. And I think it responds, it, it, mm-hmm. it like things like anxiety respond pretty well to the CBT. But with me, mm-hmm. I'm just like a feeler. I feel too much. And like emotion yeah. regulation is like a trickier thing for That's me. DBT is for, right? Yeah. And DBT is like, yeah, exactly. It's like the thing um, to regulate your emotions and like yourself. So uh, yeah, DBT, yeah. Like, I, I'm not in like a structured program because like if you were to go to like a DBT therapist, like there's a structured like weekly program, like a monthly thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But like my, my therapist pulls like concepts from it and which is that's perfect that's all you need yeah. and I'm, I'm happy you're doing it because it's really really effective. oh yeah it's and like I was kind of like confused too like I didn't know what it was it, it's dialectical uh, is it dialectical or dialectal I, I always like add like an i or a c dialectical yeah so, dialectical dialectical okay. yeah so yeah um I, I was like ah oh, this seems like a com- big commitment because like online everyone's saying it's like a module and um Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't know if I can afford like you know like X amount of times a week for X amount of weeks. Um, but my therapist basically said like, yeah, I'm trained in DBT, but what we can do is like pull concepts from it rather than like put you on like the regimen, you know. So I'm oh cool, I'm cool with that, and it's been working really well yeah. because a lot of it is just you know in the moment you need to stop, pause, and just assess what you're feeling, feel it. And then distract yourself. The, the kind of the more, like you know, easier yeah. coping me- mechanisms, like you know, put your phone down, go for a walk, listen to music, drink some water, go take a shower, like distract yourself. But like even now, like because like like I said, the biggest thing, the difference now is that I have a control over it. Like I can see when it's coming. I know when, when I'm in the middle of it, and I know how to get out of it if I really wanted to. So. Um, yeah, like therapy has been like really, really good. And there was one point where my medical doctor was like, um, do you want to go on antidepressants? But we both knew that wasn't the primary intervention for it. But I do have like a prescription for an antidepressant. But like, I think I was talking about it with my friend Chandler and I was talking about it with my girlfriend. I was talking about it with my parents and I'm like, ooh, like I don't think... I don't think uh, we'll put this prescription aside, not because like I'm I'm scared to like yeah. in a way I'm scared to go on it, but at the same time I think like it's not the best best intervention. Like, um, and like you know I do believe medication yeah. and you know what's best for you. Yeah, and medications like I think it should be like a secondary thing. Like if you can control your quality of life and your habits, like without mm-hmm. it, then that's awesome. But not to say that some people do not need it because I think. Like, like yourself, like you said, it's, it's been working wonderful for you. Why change it? So I agree with that. But yeah, um, but yeah so sharing, yeah, thank you for sharing that because um, I still think to this day, yeah, of course. there's so much um, stigma with even medications itself. Um, and yep. being in healthcare, I think even pe- people in healthcare find stigma with it sometimes. So um, yeah, absolutely. And, and my last point about medications, like 
people also think like oh because my mom like my both my parents asian asian parents they're like once you're on a drug you'll always be on a drug and you're gonna be dependent on it as if it's yeah. like some kind of opioid or something um but like um <laughs> i feel that yeah but like i even tried to explain it to them i'm like a lot of it's like it just consider it like a tool in your toolbox that you need to get through your day that's basically all it is exactly right? so here's how my therapist actually once described it which is so helpful it's like you're in a hole mm -hmm. and the like you're in a hole that's that's i guess representing depression mm -hmm. antidepressants or medication is like the ladder mm -hmm. that like helps you get out of the mm -hmm. hole you still need to climb the ladder exactly you know what i mean yeah. and sometimes you don't need a ladder sometimes you can climb up on your own but some people they need the ladder exactly and i think it was important the first time i heard that i'm like I'm like fuck like i don't want to have to climb the ladder like why can't i just get an elevator like damn yeah you know, like you, you wish that there was like a pill that was just like mm -hmm. instantly like the magic pill that makes everything go away and makes you feel better yeah it's unfortunately not how it works no. right and so you can you can call them happy pills chill pills all you want but they're not going to do the the full job like you you have to put in a lot of work on your yeah. own to feel better yeah make you know those lifestyle changes and stuff and, and just I guess like climb the ladder yeah. to, to extend that metaphor and it was interesting the way he put it like that yeah. and I, I still think about that no that that's a I've never heard about the whole ladder analogy but uh, that, that's a really good yeah, one know. that's a good one and and like, like what my therapist basically said too was like uh you have like a toolbox you know like build your toolbox and yeah. whether whether medications or psychotherapy is that in your toolbox or little coping skills like meditation or like mindfulness or just you know exercise and you know changing up your diet a little bit like they're all part of your toolbox that like you know if you're going through something or that day is a little bit harder you open your toolbox it's like hey what am i gonna do today you know so mm -hmm. um but yeah like i don't know about you in a lot of ways like with the whole pandemic thing First of all, I've been there's a pandemic. There's a pandemic. Yeah, I've been avoiding. No, I have been I've been avoiding that shit like the plague. Well, literally, because it is yeah. a plague. But like, I <laughs> like on social media, I find it really hard because like it's like oh my god, every time you open Facebook or if you open Instagram, and now you know what I mean. It's like it's like the the thing that you can't escape from when you turn on a piece of technology. And yeah. uh, I talked about it on the last podcast really briefly with Chandler I was like there's an elephant in the room that is the global pandemic we're just going to skip over it because you guys don't need any more content about that so like I don't want to I don't want us to be talking about pandemic stuff specifically but I think it's kind of helpful just to talk about like how you've been dealing with it how have you been coping yeah. how has it affect you is probably the biggest thing like have you like what's your life like <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I saw this meme that you probably have seen right. um, early in the, the whole pandemic. And it was like, when you find out that, that your normal lifestyle is called quarantine. <laughs> it made me laugh so hard because, like, honestly, in some ways, like, not a lot has changed. Mm. Because when I'm in a depressed period, which I honestly was in a very depressed period right before the pandemic started, yeah. I, you know, stay in bed a lot watch a lot of Netflix, don't really want to go out. So at first I was kind of like, oh my God, this is awesome. Like I don't have to do anything. Like I finally have an excuse or like a reason. And like, it's like, you know, on the inside, everything's always a mess. And now the, the world is reflecting mm -hmm. that. And it just, you feel like comfort in it in and in a, in a, in a, in a sick sort of sense. Yeah. So 
I mean, yeah, like my life's been affected because I haven't been able to, you know, work, leave the house, have social interactions, all those things that I've tried so hard and done so much work and therapy to get myself to, you know, use those health, healthy coping strategies in my toolbox. Going back to that analogy, and now it's like, okay, like a bunch of things in your toolbox have, are being sucked away from yeah. you now, right? So that's obviously hard. Um, like I kind of said at the beginning, like I'm, I'm dealing with this, I guess, a little bit better than I would have thought. Yeah. At first, I was like, fuck, this is going to be an absolute disaster for me. I'm going to spiral out of control. Don't get me wrong. It's not I'm not spiraling. Yeah. But I feel like I do have a sense of both. Um, and I feel like I'm, I'm not going to lie and say like I'm doing all these things and like being super productive because I'm kind of not. But I'm do- whatever I am doing here and there. I'm just telling myself, like, okay, that's enough. Like, good for you. Yeah. You did a thing and congrats and whatever. Like, I'm I'm not trying to compete with, you know, how much everybody else is doing and, and what their idea of, of quarantine is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest lesson that I'm taking is just to have self-compassion, you know, to, mm-hmm. to just trust that, like, I'm going to wake up and some days I'm not going to feel as great as others and whatever I manage in that day that's fine you know forgive myself for not doing the things that I may have wanted to do um so yeah I guess I'm just trying to trying to cultivate that a little bit more um it's it's really it's not easy it's and it's triggering a lot of mental health problems for both people that have mental illness and people that don't yeah um but I think for me like I'm 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 trying to make sense of it Mm -hmm. and you know obviously my anxiety is a little bit higher Mm -hmm or a lot higher than it normally is but it's not something that I'm not used to you know I always deal with anxiety I always deal with depression and so it's not new in that sense it's just that it's a new situation that I'm in and so I guess I'm just I'm just trying to just trying to take it day by day and 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 settle you know my my anxiety and and recognize the things that I can't control and stop trying to control them like I think now a big thing and I don't know if this is something you're finding but I did a post on this and a lot of people messaged me about it honestly and and I had a lot of good conversations but it's like now I'm kind of having anxiety about when this is over because it's like okay like this is over and there's all these expectations like okay back to normal everything's supposed to be good now but like there's gonna be a lot of mental health implications and like I'm really scared for that and and I don't think you know we think like oh life's gonna be so good when this is over like I'm gonna party so hard I'm gonna do all this stuff like I'm just honest with myself and I I know that that's not the case I'm not gonna be like I think I'm still gonna have a tendency to isolate yeah I'm gonna be super excited to see my friends like the first time and then I think I'm gonna have a social battery that's at zero percent and I'm just gonna be like okay now I need to recuperate for like 12 weeks I don't know it's a lot no I feel that I feel that I think my life overall as a student is not too directly affected like I think people who like have a family have kids um, run a business like a you know that has employees like all of those things I think those people have the most direct repercussion like, what the hell do I have to complain about? Like, my classes are online. I wake up in sweatpants and I wear, sw- I don't leave the sweatpants. Like, like what is there to complain about? 
Yeah. Um, I feel that too. And I just want to interrupt you oh, for go one ahead. second no, just to say ahead. that like, because I think a lot of people are dealing with that same thought mm-hmm. where we think like oh other people have it worse yeah. but I just wanted to kind of like take a second and validate what you're going yeah. through because it is a change for you still mm-hmm. like I know yeah it's online classes you're not going to physical school anymore you're not seeing as many people you're not having that physical connection that interaction so yeah other people have been affected worse but like don't take away from your own sort of change and like struggles that you're yeah. going through you know what I mean like we're all we're all struggling yeah. and, and it's not a competition of who that's, has it worse. That's, but I think the everyone... that's the thing. Like yeah. I've been really hesitant to talk about. And I think that's why I haven't brought it up on the podcast or I, I haven't made like an official Instagram post since the pandemic started because I'm like, <laughs> shit, I have nothing to, I have nothing to complain about here. Like I have, like yeah. my life is totally fine. Like, um, you know, um, and I, I, that's a, that's a struggle I've been having. I'm like, do I have like, should I be should I be struggling or like, you know, should I talk about it? Like, in mm-hmm. in like, I feel like if I was struggling more, I would probably want to talk about it more. But because like genuinely, trust me, like my life either has been unaffected or it's been a little bit better because. Um, I don't, I don't commute and and I'm very lucky. I'm very fortunate. Like I'm going to say that right off the bat. And like, I know a lot of people aren't experiencing the same thing, but like, I know for me personally, like what's been working is that I don't commute anymore. I used to drive on the 401, like every single day for two hours. Like once you eliminate, you know, commuting and like spending time in a stressful car, like you you don't realize like how much your quality of life improves. But the one thing that I do kind of, I'm still iffy about is the anxiety of what's going to happen after. I know CBC yeah. put out like a statistic or like um, a recent article about like how a lot of people like, were going to have this weird like spike in like mental health, um, like related issues and stuff. Like even yeah. now, I think like people are reaching out to like services a lot more now that we know it's like one of those things like the first outbreak the first world war you think you would learn something from it and i hope like not just like government and policy but like just all of us even with schools or like um like healthcare workers yeah. like how are we gonna compensate or how are we gonna deal with this the next time this happens right yeah it's a it's a it's a big learning experience and mm-hmm. you just you hope that you know people are going to implement you know these lessons that they've learned and and make changes and i see i've seen a lot of stuff about like oh i can't wait for everything to return back to normal and then there's other content that's like do we want things to go back to how they were like don't we want things to be better and that's i guess the dream right that's that's the hope here and yeah just something to to be mindful of and i don't i don't know if you've seen it around social media but a lot of people are like oh this quarantine has made me reevaluate every aspect of my life i'm gonna party more i'm gonna go out more i'm gonna drop 5k on a vacation now i'm gonna spend my money i'm gonna live it up but i'm like are you though like not to be questioning other people but i'm just saying like let's be realistic here like like do you think uh, my biggest issue with human beings is that we don't learn things after the first time we learn things when we're close to death or like there's a nuclear bomb about to drop or like you know it, you, you got to make the mistakes yeah, like we multiple the hard times. Way. yeah we learned things the hard way so i'm like okay brad like are you you're, you're not gonna you know like relax brad like 
you know what i'm saying like those guys on instagram with like six packs oh, yeah, and they're yeah, like yeah, yeah like you know i'm a i'm a gold trout you know i'm like relax buddy yeah brad have a blast yeah. cheers yeah cheers to that in terms of take home tips like if listeners were to take like three things home like what would your advice be just generally in life or just specifically in life, in, with yeah. this pandemic or like anything more specific yeah no i'm gonna say the first thing that came to mind is vulnerability i'm really big on like Brene brown's work yes if you haven't heard of her you gotta look her up she's a goddess she's incredible um so the first thing i would say is be honest be vulnerable about you know your feelings what you're going through Mm -hmm. um don't you don't have to put on a mask all the time you don't have to Mm -hmm. you know pretend you're okay cover it up with jokes like be honest about what you're going through And that applies, you know, to right now, where it's maybe a little bit more easy to admit that we're not okay. But it it applies beyond. It applies to years in the future when we, you know, are still struggling for other reasons that maybe aren't as clear, aren't as concrete. Be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Open up. Have those deep conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, The second thing I'm going to say is reach out for support. Mm -hmm. Like, ask people for help. Do not you know, tell yourself you have to do it on your own because it's, it's really, really hard. Um, you know, message your friends if you need it, talk to your family members, whoever you feel comfortable with, reach mm-hmm. out, ask for what you need. Um, yeah. And then, and then the third thing I would say, you know, this is more just coming from a mental health advocate mm-hmm. um, perspective. And I guess it's, it ties in with the first thing I said, because I think it's so important, but like talk about mental health openly, talk about mental health, mental illness, the same way we talk about physical health, Mm -hmm. you know, like when you bring up that you're going to the doctor, that you're going to the dentist, like, it's okay to say like, oh, I have therapy. Like you don't have to make up an excuse if you, if you're going to therapy. Like, I think it's important to, to reduce the stigma by you know labeling it calling it for what it is and and saying like look look, I feel depressed like I I I can't really hang out today like I'm not feeling the best Mm -hmm. instead of you know the easy like I'm tired I have a headache I have to work I have whatever Mm -hmm. like talk be super open about mental health and your struggles and mental illness because you're not the only person going through it there are so many people going through it Mm -hmm. And I promise you that if you open up to somebody, there is a very, very high chance that they're going through the same thing themselves mm-hmm. or that they know somebody who is. Yeah. And so we're not as alone as we think we are. And I think that's that's the last thing. That's where I'll leave it. Yeah. yeah. And again, those are pretty much the three, the three big points that I make too. So um, thank you for reiterating that. And um, yeah, uh, this is a little bit more tricky. And every guest on the podcast hates this question. And that's why I always end with it. And I don't tell you guys um, in advance. But um, what's like your vision for the world? It sounds cheesy, but really, like, that's, I think it's an important question. Like, how, where do you want to see the world? Like, with the initiatives that you're putting in with uh, your mind matters, like, what do you envision? What do you want for the world? Okay, I'm going to say two answers, because the first thing I thought of, more specifically to mental health was, you know, I envision a world where, I guess stemming from what I just said, but like where people talk about mental health super openly, and where it's like, you know, everyone has a therapist, just like everyone has a dentist or a doctor, like, that's kind of what I see for the world, or what I would 
dream of sort of envisioning for the world from a mental health perspective. And I want to expand that and just say like from a more human sort of generic perspective, Mm -hmm. I envision or I guess hope for like a world where vulnerability is the norm where people are honest um mm-hmm. they're authentic to themselves and they're they're not covering up you know their hard emotions they're not putting masks on they're not faking it on social media mm-hmm. like i what i envision is just a world of just more openness mm-hmm. honesty transparency realness honestly just just realness yeah. like just be who the fuck you are yeah. be a human mm-hmm. stop trying to impress people stop trying to put on an image or put on a show for people like just be honest Mm -hmm. and I I honestly can only dream of a world where people are more comfortable doing that where people are more comfortable Mm -hmm. being themselves sharing their their truth their inner sort of feelings and their inner workings like that's what I envision that would be a dream for me yeah and um I I get very pessimistic about it sometimes but I also yeah, look back, too. I look back, hey, come on, like, we, if you look back 10 years ago, or maybe when you and I were in high school, a lot of these conversations didn't even exist. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. We've come, we've come a, a decent way. There's still a lot more to go, but we've, we've made steps. Uh, I know more recently, people, uh, I mean, not people, I mean, like, <laughs> what am I trying to say? I'm at a point in the podcast where, like, my brain is, start- is starting to die. Um, <laughs> not to say, like, the- I'm not enjoying this conversation, but my brain is just small. Yeah, no, I started with two brain cells, and I think we're down to, like, one- the last one's hanging by a third Yeah, like, I, uh... like, just the neurons just not, it's, it's barely latching on, so. Yeah, they're firing a little slower, yeah, but it's okay, um, I forgive you. With regards to Project Rise, you mentioned to me that Project Rise was an initiative or rather like a podcast that your friend started, and now you're hopping on the podcast. So could you tell the yeah. audience a little bit more about Project Rise and your role in it now coming up? Yeah, so Project Rise is something I'm super excited about. It's these two guys, Nick and Jesse, started... Um, this organization and they started as a podcast which I love I think podcasts are growing platform it's a really good way to get out very solid content for example this podcast right now that you're listening to um they started this podcast and I reached out to them I knew them uh I knew what I knew Nick from just mutual friends and stuff and I reached out and was like I love what you're doing so much they got me on a podcast they interviewed me and then they're kind of just like okay like do you want to be on our podcast full-time like we 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 just the three of us had a really good dynamic really good conversation Mm -hmm. um and we both you know have different things to offer so we work really well together and so yeah we're going to be doing this podcast they focus a lot on mental health wellness Mm -hmm. um and they're both athletes and they have like an athletic background and a sport background and they've dealt with concussions so they actually bring in that element Mm -hmm. which is really really interesting under talked about just saying um concussions yeah so they're talking about concussion work the mind-body connection which is so so important so yeah i'm really excited to be a part of that um i've yeah i've been working on their instagram thank you their instagram going to be producing their podcast Mm -hmm. um and i'm really really excited for that it's just like another really good platform to get good good quality content mm-hmm. out about very important things that are under discussed you exactly. know and so yeah it's called project rise and I'm, I'm super excited to be part of it and to to be on their podcast yeah. especially because as I mentioned I, I love talking so <laughs> what I, I'll take another opportunity to yeah chat a bit more yeah, just so I can hear your own voice in other avenues right so 
No, exactly. Like the more, the better. Sorry, guys. I feel that. Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess this is my official like welcome to the podcasting world. It's exciting stuff, and uh, yeah, definitely you. hope that you keep me posted about um, you know certain things that you're doing, of course. And absolutely uh, with regards to like, can you can you do like a bit of like a self plug with regards to where people can find you, like I mean, the handle for your mind matters and Project Rise? You want to give yeah. yourself your own shout out there? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I love plugging myself. Do, it. Um, do you have an hour? No, I'm kidding. Ah. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> Your My Matters is um, at Your My Matters org, like O-R-G on Instagram. Um, from there, you can find like the through the link, like you can find all our other mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but most of that's like the hub, like the yeah. central sort of platform. Yeah. The Project Rise um, is Project Rise org. Mm-hmm. So that's the Instagram. And you can find their podcast on Spotify and Apple Music and basically all of the the podcasting yeah. platforms. And we they have uh, we have new episodes that come out every Monday, so mm-hmm. definitely like you know subscribe, stay tuned for those. Of course, and uh, follow those accounts. Yeah, and if you guys are if you and the guys are cool with it, I'll plug it in the description box, obviously, so we can. You yeah. Know, if, if if any of the listeners want to reach out to you or kind of see what you're up to, then I'll I'll put it. I'll put your handles there. Um, of course, yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, dude, Vanessa, um, you're a stranger off the internet, and I really, really enjoyed yeah, our. Yeah, doesn't feel like it though. Yeah, eh? no, I feel like maybe it's because we're all like Toronto mans, you know, like both of us are. That, might, that could be it. Yeah, we're like little hood rats. No, it's nice. I <laughs> I really like this. It was a it was a good conversation. Yeah. Rejuvenated my spirit a little oh, that's bit. Good. Fresh. That's good for four you know, p.m. The battery. There you go. Four p.m. Reboot, right so like i said yeah. i thank you nice. i want to thank you personally for the stuff that you do i know how much you're hustling and putting in the work and uh i yeah. highly recommend everyone listening to check out your uh, check out vanessa's stuff because like even if you you know just just, just scroll through it and you'll know what i mean <laughs> her her content's like really <laughs> really nice and the graphics are really yeah, pretty so if you if you're an aesthetic kind of person it's definitely there and um thank you for being vulnerable and thank you for sharing your story of course of course thank you thank you christine honestly this was so lovely i'm happy that you reached out i'm really grateful for this it was a a really nice chat and i can't wait for it to be out there i can't wait for people to hear it so thank you so much for having me this is really it's a pleasure and like you know maybe maybe down the line we can do like a round two absolutely yeah we're gonna keep in touch and always here too like if you know if you want to chat and stuff like always here for that so We'll, we'll be in touch for yeah. sure. I appreciate this. Yeah, and maybe like down the line once social distancing is not like implemented, <laughs> yeah, we should hang out downtown and, you know, do drugs or yeah. something, right? So yeah, I'm kidding. Yeah, for sure. may, not, may not do drugs, but, you know. Um, yeah, probably not. Yeah. Probably not. I don't need to end up in the ER, but... Uh, I wish okay. you a wonderful day, okay? Enjoy yourself. You and again, thank you so much, okay, Vanessa? Yeah, thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank you.